Verse 18 of the Tao Te Ching The Paradoxes of Abandoning the Great Integrity When the Great Integrity was abandoned, humanity and justice appeared. When knowledge and teachers appeared, hypocrisy was their inevitable accompaniment. When family relationships lost their harmony, filial piety and parental affection were suddenly birthed. When a nation succumbs to chaos and corruption, patriotic politicians are always at hand announcing themselves. Welcome, beautiful world, to Barbarian Noetics, the podcast dedicated to the human spirit. I'm your host, Conan Tanner. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the BNP, and thanks, as always, for joining. This is going to be a short little mini-sode today, uh, actually a mini-sode, <laughs> um, and I'm just going to speak from my heart. I don't have any notes prepared, but I just wanted to speak from my soul, from my heart about the current moment uh, in the world and in the United States and sort of my experience with it and uh, just some thoughts. I just want to almost like put this out as a time capsule or um, like an audio diary of some kind just to mark this moment because we are living in just a time of extraordinary history. There's a convergence of events that just seems tailor-made to expedite societal shift and we are the architects and authors of that shift so we will dictate what that shift looks like in terms of is it a shift towards more freedom real actual freedom freedom of the people freedom of workers fair wages living wages or will it be a shift towards further authoritarianism, further white nationalist threats from the Oval Office. Um, So, we're entering now tonight, so I'm coming at you from Wednesday morning here in South Phoenix, and tonight will be the seventh night of the demonstrations. So, the seven seals, the seven chakras, Seven is a magical number, and tonight is the seventh night of the demonstrations. So I live very close to the Capitol building in Phoenix, so I'm literally about three minutes away from where it's all going down, in Phoenix anyways. And so it's in my face. 
uh, regardless of whether I seek it out or not, because just getting home from volunteering, getting home from grocery shopping, um, I, unless I choose to like go way out of my way, I literally have to bike through the shit. <laughs> so it's been really intense, honestly, and um, if I'm totally honest, it's been scary also. So uh, I don't like to admit when I'm scared, but it's, there's been some scary moments. Thursday night, I went downtown right after a police SUV was smashed up by insurgents with uh, skateboards. So I could smell the tear gas in the air and the vibes were very intense. And um, just an obscene display of force by the cops. I mean, so many cops on every corner. So there's this main thoroughfare, 7th Avenue in Phoenix. And um, so Phoenix is like central, kind of runs down the middle, and then the, the, it goes numbered streets to the east and numbered avenues to the west. So avenues west, streets east. So this is 7th Avenue, so seven blocks west of Central. And just along the entire road, all, all through downtown, it's, of course, all the streets are named after presidents because super creative. Um, and just like uh, epileptic spasms of blue and red lights, um, sirens, the whoop whoop, whoop whoop which always gives me like so much anxiety when I hear that. <laughs> I always, cause it's, you know, when you hear that sound behind you, it's, it ain't great. Um, and I'm glad to be on my bicycle right now, honestly. My, my scooter, my neighbor is still working on the scooter. It's having electrical, we might have to just replace the whole electrical system, but it's okay. I mean, it's a little bit hot on the bicycle during the day, but I, I wouldn't want to be driving right now, especially where I have to drive to get home. Um, just too much aggressivity and too much tense, tense vibes from the authorities. There's now National Guardsmen in, in downtown. They have tactically fortified the Capitol building. So what used to be just like an open plaza where folks could, there was always demonstrations, um, you know, including like Second Amendment demonstrations with like dudes with, you know, dozens of men with AR-15s and stuff. And there's never been anything like this where they've tactically fortified the Capitol with like a labyrinth of fences. So you'd have to go through like several fence entry points to get into the Capitol. And there are National Guardsmen behind the fence. I had my headphones on um, when I was biking home on Monday night, uh, but they did yell something at me. Uh, because the, the road itself has been blocked off with huge concrete blocks but the sidewalk is still open and as a law-abiding citizen on a bicycle with my groceries I took the sidewalk because it's the fastest way home and um, they yelled something at me I didn't hear what it was but you know now I'm going I'm taking a longer route home because I just I don't need that you know and it was I think by the time I get back from volunteering after I hit the grocery store, it's like 8.35, 8.40. So Phoenix has instituted an 8 p.m. curfew. 
which is specifically just to repress the demonstrations because the governor came out and said all these exceptions. Like, you can be a good little consumer all you want. Businesses can stay open after 8. You can buy shit after 8, no problem. But if you are in a public street uh, anywhere... Well, what, what, they, what he said is any public street, but what he means is any public street around where the demonstrations are downtown. Then you're subject to a $2,500 fine and arrest at a time when people have been told to stay home and not go to work and have received one $1,200 check from the government. Um, the same government is threatening $2,500 fines, more than twice of the little crumb we were thrown by Congress. If we have the gall to be present on a public street after 8 p.m., So it's like sometimes I just, I wake up in the morning and I'm, I don't even recognize the world that we are in. You know, I always thought about like, oh, what if martial law was declared and what if curfews were declared? And it's like, this is what it looks like. And I'm thankful that I live where I live so I can actually see it because I feel like if you're not downtown, you might not realize just how militant, militarized. Basically, the, the, the downtown area and the mall and the Capitol building, they've made it into a green zone, essentially. It's an impenetrable, militarized green zone. Uh, as I bike past, I'm literally outnumbered about 100 to 1 officers to pedestrians. I don't see any other pedestrians. It's just me. And on every corner, there's unmarked black SUVs idling with plainclothes officers inside uh, with fancy tech in the back seat. I snuck a peek at it. And um, so we, we're, we're in it. This is it. It's happening. <laughs> and so I am, I am honestly, authentically hopeful in certain ways. And the reason why is because I'm seeing a lot of um, well, the, the demonstrations themselves have been really beautiful. Every demonstration I've attended has been just transcendent, honestly. Um, really beautiful, strong people coming together from all walks of life um, and exercising our right to free assembly and exercising our right to collect ourselves and collect our energy. This is a poem I wrote after returning from a demonstration over the weekend. It's called Feathers and Rope. Perched on cargo containers and bundled on rooftops, wearing feathers and carrying rope, flowing down a black mat ladder to the spray-painted street. Michelangelo said of David, the body, reservoir of energy. Body politic, reservoir of pain, animated stone, stands poised to strike. Aluminum dragonflies hover, nearly unseen against the darkening sky, 
running numbers on midges, devouring. We are, all of us, wearing masks. A sign reads, fuck your biometrics. These are my people. Body language conveyed from the vacuum of undifferentiated space. Creation story origin, when sky and sea were glued together as brave and hungry feet to a trap, trying to flail, not yet flailing. These are the tongues that make life worth living, make incarnation something rarefied, elegant, strong, effective, red and seething, barely settled gunmetal in a silicone mold. From around the corner, resplendent in fedora and bright red shoes, with eyes so vibrant they pop like blossoms, brown blooms on a peace lily. Did y'all see any violent protesters? Neither did I. Now go let everyone know. Following are some quotes from The Future of Solidarity, How White People Can Support the Movement for Black Lives. And this was put together by the Catalyst Project, Anti-Racism for Collective Liberation. Know your motivations for being in the work. Make a lifelong commitment and make friends with discomfort. Janetta Johnson says, White people need to understand how urgent the situation is. If we don't do this work, we, we risk our lives. That's why we work so hard. But many white people treat activism and organizing like it's hobbies or jobs. This is not a job, it's not a hobby. This is a struggle for people's lives. White people need to analyze their motivations. If you're in this for yourselves, then that's not enough. This is not charity. This is community building work. Be more committed and intentional to the cause, and make this a lifelong decision to commit towards social justice and healing. I have to look at my lineage and the trauma that I historically faced. However, I also ask you to look at your lineage and look at the trauma that your folks have historically perpetuated on our folks. And there's something that needs to be fixed. Robbie Clark says, as a white person in an anti-racist struggle, a struggle against white supremacy, you should pretty much always feel some level of discomfort. Part of white privilege is this need to feel comfortable because you're used to feeling comfortable. And I think that if you're feeling too comfortable, then you're not doing the work enough and you're not pushing yourself enough around really examining the privileges that you have. So you should learn to kind of sit with that discomfort. It'll be okay. Claire Bayard says, we need to be very clear about what it means to be talking to other white people about why black liberation matters for all of us, why black people getting free is actually vital for all of us, including white people in this country. There is an ultimate self-interest for white communities in ending white supremacy. And that doesn't mean that we aren't going to have to give up privileges. 
there are things to give up. So then the question is, what is there to be gained through that? It doesn't work for us to allow the state and our society to dehumanize people in our communities, in our lives. That impact ripples out. There's a price to be paid for that. There's lives being lost. And there's souls being lost and material costs as well. The more that we can be talking to white people about the fact that we have very different stakes in this fight, but we all have a stake, that helps to move into solidarity, away from versions of white liberal racism and white savior tendencies. footage of Asian provocateurs. We need more footage of disguised white cops vandalizing property, acting on their own to try to derail these protests and excuse an escalation, a, a deeper escalation of the already escalated techniques of police brutality and suppression that's happening. So keep your camera phone ready. Not only do we need footage of police brutality, but we need footage of white cops in disguise vandalizing property on their own to try to derail these protests and try to vilify the demonstrators. This is an uprising. This is not a riot. There's already one video of a white cop in disguise in Minneapolis busting up that auto zone. We need more footage like this. Let's get it. collectively and sort of make our presence felt, you know, risking arrest, uh, risking tear gas, risking rubber bullets, risking serious violence, but the people will not be silenced. And what gives me some hope is that I see in the local Phoenix uh, activist community, there is a sense of tenacity and perseverance and what the Finns would call Sisu about the protests and it's been declared and pledged that there will be demonstrations every single night downtown until we see our demands being met. The main demands are that the three accomplice cops be arrested and charged for the death of George Floyd. 
Also that the officers responsible for breaking into Breonna Taylor's home in Louisville and lethally shooting her because they got the address wrong for a drug bust, that those officers be arrested and charged. We also demand significant budget cuts to the Phoenix Police Department and the Valley Police Departments. We also demand the demilitarization of the Phoenix Police Department and the Valley Police Departments. During a global pandemic, when we saw our frontline healthcare workers having to wear trash bags around their faces because we couldn't figure out how to get uh, you know, a 25 cent little mask for people risking their lives for all of us, at the same time, we have like literally dozens and dozens and dozens of extremely well-equipped, militarized police vehicles, helicopters overhead. That's the other thing. There's constant helicopters going over my neighborhood and, and around downtown. I've had a searchlight shined on me three times in the past months just while I'm on my bicycle, like getting water and shit like that. But after eight, when I go out now after 8 p.m., I'm like, I've... I, I bike without lights now and I go from shadow to shadow because I refuse to just meekly sit, stay at home because I need to like, I need to take care of my mental health. Part of my mental health is going on bike rides. It's too hot during the day to really do much of anything now in Phoenix. So the nighttime after 8 p.m., that's when, that's when it's like, tolerable outside that's when I like to go on my bike rides that's when I need to go on my bike rides so I'm continuing to go on my bike rides but I'm risking a flat tire by not using my light anymore and you know I basically hop from shadow to shadow and every single headlight I see I'm scanning to see if it's a cop and I have you know my story straight in my head in case I'm stopped and it's just like it's, it's very surreal and it's hard to process. Um, so, so Thursday I, I arrived downtown right after the SUV was smashed and it was all locked down. Friday and Saturday, by the time I got back from volunteering, it was already 8.30, 8.45-ish. So downtown was completely locked down and the police were acting very aggressively. Um, so I did not attempt to go into the actual demonstration zone. Also. The Phoenix demonstrators have been re respecting the curfew, which I think is wise. Um, I don't think that's weak. I think it's wise because this is... We're at the beginning of something extremely important and critical for the soul and the future of our nation. And we all have to be extremely strategic and smart and not overly emotional about it. And so what we in Phoenix are saying are is... We will abide by your curfew. We will disperse at 8 p.m. Um, as long as you treat us respectfully. And, but we will be demonstrating every single day, every single evening until our demands are met. And that's what's gonna be required. And this might have to go, I mean, who knows how long we're gonna have to be demonstrating. But as I say, I am, I'm, I'm hope, I'm hopeful, I'm imbued with hope when I see the tenacity and perseverance and sisu of my fellow demonstrators and uh, just the feeling of solidarity and camaraderie with the people. Um, it's really beautiful and powerful. So 
Sunday night, I decided to uh, to gobble some some mushrooms and head down to the protest. And uh, I'm glad I did because it was extremely it was an extremely heightened experience, but it was extremely beautiful experience. I felt like colors were brighter and things were kind of breathing, and my senses were extremely attuned, and I can see sort of like. In that state of consciousness, I can kind of see people's energies. I can kind of scan people's energies. And looking around at like the folks who had gathered with me, hundreds and hundreds of Phoenicians and people from around the valley, from all walks of life, all ethnicities, all, ethnicities, all socioeconomic statuses. There were elders burning sage. There were young women handing out water and almost like overwhelmed with the beauty and the power of that. Um, so I'm really glad I did that. Uh, it was also obviously very intense and after 8 p.m. arrived and the crowd dispersed, that's when the officers go off the leash a little bit and they start using kind of intimidation tactics to ensure dispersal. And um, so obviously in a heightened state like that, it's <laughs> I can also see the energy of the authorities. And um, But you know what's interesting is that it wasn't so much fear. I didn't feel fear. I felt like compassion in a way. And also I really could see the spark of the divine in you know that officer behind the gas mask, behind the riot cop shield. He is just as much divine as me, as my fellow demonstrators. He has that same spark. She has that same spark. And um, I really felt that. And I think that that is like acknowledging the divinity within all of our brothers and sisters, including the author authorities, um, I think is going to be critical moving forward because we need to bring people into this movement. We, we don't need to alienate people or increase tensions. And um, don't get me wrong, I have zero judgments or comments about folks who do decide to um, engage in uh, more demonstrative activities. Um, there's a lot of Asian provocateur out there. So don't just swallow any narrative about like this. So the, the liberal kind of consensus, they're trying to push this thing that like outside forces are causing violence. And I just think that's absurd because every single city in the country and most towns and villages are in like open re rebellion right now so where are the outside people every city is participating and it's also they're just making up statistics like 80 percent 20 i mean who knows they're just making shit up and they're trying to invisibilize especially um the black activists who are putting themselves like at extreme risk and uh latinx activists who are risking deportation um, invisibilizing those people by saying that it's like these outside agitators, anarchists, and this is an old trick, it's a tired trick, and it's, it's not true. So, people are rising up, and thank God, you know, I mean, after I've only been able to stomach watching the George Floyd video a couple times, because it's so, uh, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's just, it's, it, it brings tears to my eyes and it fills me with anger and it fills me with sadness. And I just like, um, 
I, I, don't, I don't really know what to say about it other than if people didn't respond to it, that's, I would be worried. If people were just like indifferent to that type of a murder in broad daylight under video, then all hope truly would be lost. So thank God there are some demonstrations. That means that we still have some blood flowing through our veins as a society. encourage people to if I know that it's a time of extreme financial insecurity but if you do have um, a little bit of if you have a consistent source of income or if you have a little bit of, of money that you could donate um, please donate to your local bail fund um, I think that's the best thing we can do in terms of supporting financially to get uh, peaceful protesters who have been arrested out of jail and returned to their families and um, we just need to like look out for one another and protect one another and be courageous and, and be tenacious. That's, that's the big thing, I think. I think for this to have the effect that it must have, there is no choice. Uh, we, must, we must achieve our demands. We must demilitarize the police force. This is not okay. The direction that things are going is not okay. So we don't have a choice. And in order for this to be effective, we're going to have to be consistent beyond comprehension. And this might have to go for years. I mean, I'm not even kidding. We might have to go and demonstrate every single night for years. But I, for one, am going to do whatever it takes. And I am surrounded by activists who are going to do whatever it takes. Some of the most beautiful people in the world. The Valley's finest. And I stand in solidarity with all my brothers and sisters, and especially my black and Latinx brothers and sisters, my indigenous brothers and sisters, people from all nations, from all classes. I stand in solidarity with everyone, and I recognize the spark of the divine in the officers, who are probably, many of them are also feeling very confused and conflicted, and Come join us. Join our movement. Join the people. Don't fight us. This is for the good of the entire society. We need to redirect our energy away from militarizing police forces and into strengthening schools, putting money into education, paying teachers better, universal child care, Medicare for all, Green New Deal. This is where we have to go. This is the direction we must go. So... So I think that's pretty much all I have to say. I just wanted to speak from my heart, I guess, and, and put this out there. Um, so thanks for listening, everyone. Um, if you would like to organize anything locally in Phoenix, uh, please email me, barbarian.noetics at gmail.com. Um, the governor of Arizona announced certain exceptions to the curfew, one of which is to attend religious uh, services. So I am going to be leading uh, ceremonial magic downtown after 8 p.m. So if you'd like to participate in that, please email me and um, get involved and donate to your local bail fund. And uh, much love, everybody, from the bottom of my heart, wherever you're listening. And don't forget to try to laugh and, and 
see the levity of of just life in general you know the situation you might not be able to see the levity of uh mass nationwide rebellion and and uprising uh but you know you can watch like an old chris farley clip or something and laugh because laughter is god's music laughter helps to diffuse the vibes which are running kind of high in case you haven't noticed um all right y'all uh very soon, I'm going to be posting an interview with uh, Dichotomy, who is the resident EDM unce lord of Barbarian Noetics, and had a great interview with him, and we're going to be releasing another uh, special original track that he composed for the Barbarian Noetics podcast. So that's going to be the next episode coming out, and um, much love, everyone. I'll talk to you soon. Peace. It's a stick-up, it's why we got our hands in the air Still demanding a share, refrigerators bare Cause they wanna see trade get free and not fair But we are not blind, we are not there We don't got time left to spare to not care On the last day of November, swelling in ranks Went to chant down the mighty IMF and World Bank A gathering of people in peaceful assembly Onward to Westlake to disrupt the entry Walk along steady, riot squad ready to protect Every last dignitary's ass But this started when they heard us like cattle in a fence Protesters getting restless Without an exit They threatened to arrest us We pushed back and then A hail of rubber bullets Hit teens and old men I admit had to split When the first gas canisters hit Felt it burn in my eyes, nose and lips They try to blame it on the anarchist garbage I was there, I'll tell you right now The pig started it But they distorted in the news Talking about stomping down Nike Town Wearing they shoes But the body rock stopped Probably got caught by the cops nearby Somebody got shot but parties don't stop and the parties don't care It's a stick up, it's why we got our hands in the air 50,000 deep and it sound like thunder when our feet pound streets 50,000 deep and it sound like thunder when our feet pound streets 50,000 deep and it sound like thunder when our feet pound streets 50,000 deep, 50,000 deep Rock stop, probably got caught by the cops nearby. Somebody got shot, but parties don't stop in the south. So take your shoes off when you come into my house. I had a duck out, cause I knew I stuck out in the crowd after many years growing up brown in this town. Now this is what democracy looks like. Not what you all had in mind for tonight, Mr. Mayor. Shell shock for five days straight. Press conference, looking constipated and pale. Tossed the homie in jail, wasn't even protesting. Wrong place, wrong time. Learned a quick lesson, but
But this is not a question what we did to deserve this Rich kids went and got arrested on purpose But was it worth it? My first inclination Globalization is the root of the pain Made the reason that they left and the reason that we came Catch my breath, blood pulsates my brain And they called it a riot Huh, I call it a uprising And they call this a riot But nah, I call it a uprising And they call this a riot Nah, man, fuck that, I'ma call it a uprising 50,000 deep, and it sound like thunder when I free pound streets Yo, 50,000 deep, and it sound like thunder when I free pound streets Come on, y'all 50,000 deep, and it sound like thunder when I free pound streets Yeah, 50,000 deep, and it sound like thunder when I free pound streets